knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt and limited time to prep just like us? Are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids, work, and families? Then this is a podcast for you. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, Episode 3 coming at you. Another week, another podcast. We're going to be going over uh, some some shout-outs, how to get a hold of us. Um, going to be going over that broadhead we talked about earlier, and we're going to be going over our shotgun season. But I'm going to send it to Homie right now. He's going to let you know how to get a hold of us, find us on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, guys, if you want to listen to this podcast here on SoundCloud, all you got to do is search Whitetail Legacy Podcast, and it'll pop right up. We're also on Stitcher, and you can search Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Also on iTunes, which was super tough to get done. But yeah, it took like five days for man, them to approve us. I, d- I just absolutely hate Apple products because it has to be their way with their format, yeah. and it just, oh, I hate 3, it. 3,000 pixels. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It, that's what it took, guys, to get up get up there. But we did get it done, and we are on iTunes now. Um, if you if you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at whitetail underscore legacy at yahoo.com. That's where you send the hate mail. <laughs> send it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, we do we do have a Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash whitetail legacy. Go ahead and give us a like. Uh, drop some comments there. We are sharing some pictures and stuff. Yeah, a lot of awesome video. Homie's seen like five bobcats this year. Got some video of it. It's pretty sweet. I, Bob Bobcat rut is in effect. <laughs> Uh, we are also on Instagram at whitetail underscore legacy underscore podcast. Um, that is right now the prime time place to find us. We are sharing a bunch of stuff on there. Um, it's 
I know I'm having fun sharing stuff on there. How about you, Cody? Hashtag baller rut. It's over. <laughs> baller rut is over. You know, if, if you listen to episode two, Cody, Cody shouted out baller rut. And when I was editing, I just absolutely love that segment right there. And <laughs> I sent him a Snapchat video of it while I was editing. And <laughs> it was just baller rut. That's and true. I, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved but it. you do, you do have a baller rut, you know, just yeah. the last couple of years you had that piece there. It was, it was baller rut for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to shout out Mike Clark from Colfax, Louisiana. He uh, he gave us some feedback there. He said he really enjoyed the podcast. And Mike, I can tell you, we we are nobody special, but we do appreciate you tuning in, and we hope you continue to to tune in and give us your feedback, whether you like or dislike the podcast. Because even if we get some bad feedback, we are still going to turn this thing out. Yeah, man, you, if you guys click that button, you're going to have to listen to us because we're here for the long run. But, yeah, thank you for the shout-out, and uh, thanks for the share, man, trying to get out there. We're having fun. That's what we want this podcast to be, so hopefully everybody goes along with it and listens. Right on. Uh, so in episode two there, we we talked about you know a variety of things, but... One thing we we started off with was this broadhead that Cody and I use, and I know Cody's pretty much going to swear by it, and I'm I'm pretty much sold on it. I I really love the the way it's performed for me this year, and I've only shot one deer with it. Um, Cody's had a little bit more experience in the field with it than I have. I'll just I'll just let Cody expand on on that idea right there. Well, the reason. The reason I got these broadheads is I was in the market for something different. I've shot a lot of different things, and mechanicals, I was I just wasn't getting pastures. And this guy told me he said you're going to get pastures with this. That's what he told me when I when I met him at that outdoor show there. Can uh, can I can I interject here? Um, so I I was shooting a, a mechanical. I, I guess I'll say what I was shooting. I was shooting uh, the Wasp Jackhammers. And when I first started bow hunting back in probably, I don't know when I started bow hunting <laughs> right now, <laughs> but I, my brother started shooting these wasp jackhammers and they're a mechanical three blade. And, you know, he said, hey, this is the broadhead you want to use. So I'll, that's that's what I used because that's what I was told I, I should use. And then I... I went a couple years without using them because they weren't available in my local archery shop. So I used a kind of a knockoff that was similar and had absolutely no luck. So then this year, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll just find them jackhammers online. And I did, and I had them mailed to me, and it all worked out, and I was super fired up about it. But I shot a deer... And it did not perform like it should. And in the past, I've had zero problem with this broadhead. Hence why I was so fired up about it because I've had no problem and it just did not perform at all. So after after I shot that deer and it didn't perform, I, I was I was on to the next one. You know, I, I got to look for something and Cody... Cody gave me a, a good tip here. Yeah, the, it's a veteran broadhead. We got a lot of questions and uh, 
messages and stuff from the last podcast. People wanting more information on it, where to find it. Um, he does have a Facebook page. It's a Veteran Innovative Products. Um, he does have a website. Same thing. You can buy them off there. They're in our local bow shop, and they are around. I'll be straight up honest with you. They're forty four ninety nine. Five dollars more than most mechanicals. They're three pack replaceable blades, just like any other mechanical. Uh, these are all American made, um, veteran owned, veteran designed. Some broadhead companies state they're American made, and they may they might be made in America, but they got German blades on them, or they have Chinese steel. This is American steel. This guy has made it. He's a veteran, the owner, the creator. He's made it a hundred percent. American, you know, and that's awesome. The broadheads, it's red, white, and blue. I mean, it's sweet. Just some just some tips or some some info about the broadhead. It's it's a fixed blade and a mechanical. So if something crazy were to happen where it wouldn't deploy, it's still an inch and a quarter cut. Okay, so it's going to be a fixed blade, inch and a quarter cut. But if it deploys, it's it's over two inches. I had a four finger exit on my that six and a half year old buck I shot. The the blades are stainless steel and they're surgically sharpened. These that's the only broadhead on the market that's surgically sharpened. He actually sends you little plastic shields to close up the broadhead because it's so sharp. I've tried it myself, thinking, oh, probably not that bad. I'll close it myself, and I actually cut my finger doing it. Um, he sends you these plastic covers, and it says right on the package, "Do not do exactly what I did," you know. But I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal. But so. I had I had shot at a at a nice eight point buck and with his broadhead and obviously I hit this branch and so this morning I go in to put my boot on I get my foot down there I'm like oh there's something down there in the bottom of my boot and I take my foot out and put it back in I'm like well it's not my sock so I take my sock off I look at the bottom of my foot and I got a I got a three inch cut in it. I mean these these blades are just super sharp and it's it's the type of broadhead that you that you want to have on the end of your arrow. Yeah, they're they're super fill point accurate too. They're awesome and that that's all we can say about them really. Best broadhead on the market and you're not promoting a major company that's paying some famous guy to say, "Oh, I shoot these broadheads, they're good." This is a small company. This guy's just starting out. He can't he can't afford to have you know, someone in the outdoor industry say, oh, I shoot these broadheads, you know, so we like the guy. We're not sponsored by him, but we believe this is the best broadhead. But that's just some for some people that text in and stuff last time we were talking about him. But we're going to we're going to kind of shift over to, uh, to a topic that we think we need to cover after the last episode. We shot and lost some deer and we talked about a lot of other guys shooting, losing deer, you know. And I think the reason we talk about that is because that's kind of the stories that really stick with you and you learn a lesson from, you know. And everybody, every bow hunter's been there. I'm going to shift it over to Ryan, and he can he can go a little deeper into that. Yeah, so, I mean, I had talked about, uh, I, got a, I got a shot off at a buck. He come down in the draw behind me, and I got a shot off, and I, from what I believe happened is, I went hunting Saturday morning, and if anybody's hunting here in Illinois, it was it was damn near a monsoon. I mean, at least from my vantage point, um, it it rained 
rained from the time I got out of the truck to the time I got back to the truck. I'm, is, I'm a diehard bow hunter, and I didn't go out. <laughs> that says anything. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I, I said there on the last podcast, if, uh, if, if you weren't Jeff, which is, he's my brother-in-law, um, if you weren't Jeff or I, I don't think you were out hunting. I mean, there was just no uh, no if ands and buts about it. And if you were, comment on our Facebook or something because you're you're a badass. Yeah, yeah, you are absolutely badass. And I want to know yeah. somebody else is out there other than my dumbass because <laughs> yeah. it didn't it didn't quite turn out. Um, but yeah, it did uh, it did pour pour the rain and. Actually, I had the landowner come out today, and he said, you know, I've seen these guys sitting out here after we got up there to camp, and he's like, I just saw us pouring down rain, you know, I just, but I just couldn't quite come out and reach you guys, Yeah, but I felt bad for you, you know, <laughs> so, you know, he knew we were out there toughing it out, but that Saturday, you know, it just poured and poured and poured, and it was going to let up, you know, about 10 o'clock or so. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at ten o'clock, I was I was waiting for it, but it just it just kept coming. So Jeff and I toughed it out, and then Sunday morning we we got back in the stand, and I had a I had a gun malfunction. Is 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 what happened to me? Um, this buck come in on the draw behind me, and. From bow hunting this location, I had I had seen some deer, some deer down there. I didn't think that that this exact circumstance would happen, but it did. You know, as as hunting big mature bucks goes, you know, expect the unexpected. Yeah, not not where you think they're gonna be. And they, I was telling Ryan the other day, people were like, "Oh yeah, I got this buck patterned, or the, you know, I got him on trail camera here. He's probably gonna come through again." I'm like. I think then bucks do whatever they want whenever they want. I mean, you can pattern to an extent, but if he wants to go north and feed in this field tonight, he's just going to go north and feed in that field. There's nothing you can do about it, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, it's when he gets on a doe, especially when he gets on a doe, yeah. I mean, it. you can just you can just scrap all that right yeah. out. Yeah. Regardless of if you got 50 pictures of him on a northwest wind, I mean, yeah. it's gone. You're done. I mean, you could have a south southeast wind, and he's going to do what he want to do. Yeah. So this buck came in, and, you know, I've seen two does working the, working the hill, and then they got down to the bottom of the draw, and I did get, I did get a shot off. Uh, just like Cody said, you know, we're, we're talking about these these deer that, we didn't we did have an encounter with but we didn't we didn't get him in the back of the truck i felt like this deer was close enough with a shotgun but with with me being there in the in the new spot you know i i just had a portable stand up i didn't have a shooting rail and then of course you know he comes in behind me and i had to stand up turn around and when you when you see a shooter buck yeah i mean your your, your blood pressure goes up quite a bit and I, I got I got a round off, and then next thing I know, I, I eject that shell, and he did, he didn't he didn't move, but probably ten yards, and then he stopped again. And I said, okay, well, he's not hurt too bad or anything, you know. So I go to squeeze the trigger slightly again, you know, waiting for that surprise, and I got nothing. 
I said, well, maybe it's a bad round, you know. Maybe I had these. Maybe I had this this bullet here a year or two. Nope. Eject that one. I mean, he was he he was seventy yards, seventy five yards down down the draw. So you know, I'm aiming a little low, and so now I got the third shell in there. Squeeze it off again, and you th- you think that gun would fire? I mean, so I eject that one. So now I've got two rounds on the ground. Just straight ejected, full, fully loaded. That's crazy. You know, he he just standing there at this point. It just, you know, almost. I felt like it just teasing me, and he he's trying to go up the other side of this draw, and so I throw two more shells in there, and I said, "Well, hopefully this is out of a new box, you know, maybe 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 I just got some bad rounds right there." And so I I get back on him because he he hasn't moved since I loaded up these two new shells there and squeeze it off again nothing so i'm like what in the god ness is going on here i mean if i could have smoked that shotgun across my knee i would have because it would have been bent and it would have never shot straight again i mean i'm just up there just shaking it and i'm like I've, I've got this thing fully cocked fully loaded you know shells locked cocked ready to rock here we go and, <laughs> and click click <laughs> that'll be the hashtag on this episode yeah. click you know got to looking at my shotgun and had realized that that slide hadn't come all the way down once i got it down you know of course that that buck had worked up the hill and i wasn't able to get a, a nice good shot at him again so i text text jeff and said hey big buck big buck coming to you in a hurry because I, I mean I just shot you know and then of course you know once I can't see him again he, he finally put the hammer down and started moving moving at a pretty good pace but he had them couple does in front of him and I let Jeff know and it wasn't three minutes later here comes Jeff boom he got something you know boom oh he's he putting the hammer down you know he ain't let him go nowhere and then Jeff Jeff let off that third round, and I said, "Oh yeah, we're, we're gonna have a deer down." Jeff texted me back and said, "Yeah, he he's hurting." Okay, you know. So I mean, it's it's only eight thirty in the morning, you know. Still, still kind of decent morning to to get by you. So it was it was probably nine thirty when we got down, and I want to stop you right there. What what does Buck look like? You said, <clears throat> "Man, he he was a really nice solid ten solid 10 uh one at least 140 i i do not have any trail cam pics of him from from my uh eyeball to to trail cam i don't i don't have any pictures of him but when 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 you see a deer you know 120 yards through the woods and he and he's working to you on a couple of those it's a shooter yeah i mean yeah. That, that that's bottom line you know you know it's you know you know a shooter when you see a shooter if it, it, if you guys pass deer, you you try to manage manage what you got. When you see a shooter, it's a shooter. I mean, that, that's bottom line. When you when you see a buck and it, it's a no doubt, man, that that's what I that's what I want to get. You know, I I just that's what I go. That's what I wake up at four a.m. to go forty seven miles to my piece to look for. Is that no doubter? Yeah. 
I mean, is is that not what everybody's out here doing? Yeah, sometimes it's different for anybody. I always say, if you want to shoot a forward horn, if that's what gets your heart racing, shoot them. You know, if yeah. You want to shoot one fifties? That's what gets your heart racing. Shoot them. I want everybody to shoot big deer, but you know, some people ain't on the same same line of hunting as we are, and they just shoot whatever comes by. But if they get some heart pumping and they have a good time, shoot them. You know, so <laughs> I mean, I'll shoot a 150 all day. Gun, <laughs> rifle, I mean, bow, <laughs> slingshot, spare. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I'm shooting a 150. <laughs> but getting back to that that deer, I got a good shot. It was, it was just down in the draw, and Jeff he popped off three times, and <laughs> Jeff texted me and said, "Yeah, I hammered him good." And I kind of went into the story there on the second episode, so I'm not going to go much farther than what I have. I mean, we're just, that was kind of the first night we got together, and we are fired up about getting the podcast off and getting it up, and we're just kind of scatterbrained to a point, and I just want to just want to let you guys know that even though we did talk about shooting deer and losing them, that, you know, we're not taking unethical shots. We didn't take shots unless we felt super comfortable about them. And, you know, us as a hunter exhausted every option to recover that deer. I had to I had to get the other landowners uh, permission to look for the deer that Jeff shot. And then the deer that my dad had shot, you know, he said that was a wall mounter. Uh, you know, we didn't, we did not get permission. And that's why that, and that was so short. We didn't, we didn't get permission, you know, it just crossed the fence and that, that was the end of that. So yeah, it sucks. Some, some landowners will not let you cross, man. It's terrible. But you know, a lot of times, you know, that if you exhaust everything you can to find that deer, I mean, it happens to everybody, everybody loses deer and it's something that I think people can relate to, you know, and that's why I said, it's the thing that you learn from it's it sticks with you you know and i lost that buck i know what i did wrong every second of it in my head and it was cold that morning i had my hood up i never shoot with a hood i had gloves on i never shoot my bow with a glove you know that was two things i did wrong right there it just happened so quick wasn't prepared you know and we just want to put that out there we're uh we love we love we love the deer more than than most people. You know, we're letting them pass, we're letting them age. Yeah, I mean, we we are the conservationist type of hunter. I mean, we're we're not just shooting, you know, brownness down. I mean, it, we're not saying that that's wrong because I mean, in some in some places that's that's all you got. You know, you're you're trying to fill that freezer and. <laughs> I tell you what, your freezer is probably a lot fuller than mine is right now. Freezer queen. Freezer queen, yeah. I love a good freezer queen. Man, I wish I had a freezer queen because yeah. I'm kind of, man, it's bringing me anxiety right now. <laughs> Low. It's not. Uh, it, well, we we uh we talked about Ryan's shotgun. I'm going to just briefly touch on mine because that's kind of like the season we're in right now. It's second shotgun season and. We can kind of touch on Ryan's second shotgun season, but this second shotgun season has been slow for me. I've seen a lot of a lot of does. I haven't seen a horned deer or antler deer. You know, people say not to call them horns, but whatever. An antler deer this season at all. You know, I, I've seen eighteen deer, all does, all does. So. Where where is the baller rut? 
It's gone. The baller rut is gone. It's gone. It's been gone. Uh, the last shooter I have on trail camera cruising for does is November 26th. It's December 2nd right now. Almost December 3rd. Because we're recording this podcast so late. Man, we're, I to, I, we're working class guys. So, well, we forgot to say that this podcast is sponsored by Keystone Light and Guinness Blonde. <laughs> I was just saying, I mean, it is blonde. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, throw that out there. But, yeah, uh, my first season was good. I seen a, a nice shooter and uh, couldn't get a shot at him. I actually didn't take my rangefinder with me that day. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, Buck's like 140, 135. I ranged it. He was 90 yards. He was about 85 at one point. I'm like, man, I could have probably took a poke, but I didn't feel comfortable, so I didn't end up doing it. I passed a couple nice bucks first season, but second season's been slow. A lot of does, and that's it. But I've been trying to put some other people on some deer. Next muzzleloader season's coming up. I'm, my brother-in-law hasn't shot a deer yet, so I'm going to try to get him on one and have some fun with that. But you got anything to put in for your second season shotgun hunting? Uh, I mean, I I got I squeezed out of work a hair early Thursday, and I I was able to slip in. And I had two does come out just right on script, like they should. And I, they was just a a tick small, which I mean, this is the this is probably the first time I've ever passed does ever during shotgun season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just almost does. I mean, you're just getting at least one, you know. But when I got when I got that deer with deer with my bow, it just kind of took the pressure off. So I was, you know, being a little bit more selective. But ah oh man, and then I've always I've always kind of lived by don't pass up something on the first day that you'd be happy with on the last day. Yeah. So I've always kind of lived by that, and I was when when them deer were out in front of me, I was thinking, well, you know, if it was Saturday night, would you shoot it? In the stand, I was like, you know, asking myself, I was like, no, no, I'm, I won't shoot it, you know. And then, so this is Thursday night, so of course, you know, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, here we are. Ain't seen a damn deer nowhere. That's crazy, man. That's hard. That was the last encounter I had, you know. It's grinding, man. I've been seeing a lot of deer. I hunted at night, seen nothing. Coons and squirrels. Had another guy hunting the same property, seeing nothing. But it's kind of rough. I think, I think it's a lot of. It's we've had a really warm shotgun season. I, oh, mean, I was I was sweating out there. It's been it, it super bad. warm. I mean, it's like sixty degrees out I there. Know, it was bad, man. It, I, there was bugs flying around. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> My brother texted me. He's like, the bugs are crazy. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> December second. <laughs> December second. Yeah, this, the bugs are just nuts out here. But that's Illinois weather, you know. Take the good with the bad, but I think that has a lot to do with the deer moving. Full moon too. I don't know. I I don't know about that. That's a whole know, concept. I wish someone would come on this podcast that would teach us something about the moon. You know? I mean, all I can say is Terry Drury is saying it's waxing full once again, and he is fired up about it because it's it's correlating with their normal feeding patterns, and yeah. it's setting setting in the morning and it's correlating with their normal feeding pattern in the morning and i just 
I'm gonna have to do a lot more research on it because yeah, that's like this, rocket science, dude. This guy is. I mean, yeah. if you if you watch a video and he's talking about that, yeah. he is just stoked yeah, about it. He loves the moon, dude. He, I do not he get it. But they say they say whether Trump's moon, but. The way yeah. I mean, Matt Matt shot a shot a nice seven pointer last yeah. night. I mean, just a giant seven pointer. It, did it, was it missing a brow or was yeah? It, it was point? missing a brow. It so it, it was it was a huge eight. Yeah, just a huge wide tall eight. Probably like a mid one forties, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice so, pick, yeah. Solid buck, and he shot it in Southern Illinois, and you know they were they they went live on Facebook. If you missed it, you know you could probably check it out. Look them up. They were just talking about you know. The moon, and yeah. you know, I, I was trying to tell my brother and Jeff, you know, hey, waxing pole, come on, it, it's coming, you know, just stick it out. Yeah, they're just you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, you know, I might not right now, but I need to look at what the professionals are saying right now. And then, I, of course, you know, Terry and Matt go live and. <laughs> They're like, yeah, waxing full. It's, hunt the it's, evenings. It's, it's yeah. awesome, you yeah. know. Hunt the evenings. And I, I, I just texted him. I said, here, here you go. I just sent him the link. Check yeah. it out, dude. I'm, I mean, that that it's just what they're saying. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They got a lot of years, a lot of experience. But here's something we can talk about that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Terry just fell out of stand. Do you know that and got hurt? You know, I I did see they went live. Um, yeah, that that is unfortunate. But then again, you know, it can happen to anybody. It can you know? I got I got a good buddy who harnesses up every time, and he was just trimming trimming shooting lanes with a pole saw out of his stand, ladder stand, and a limb came down that was pretty big and hit that middle of that ladder and just slingshot him right out. But I harness up every time. I got life lines on two stands. I need to get them on all my stands, but the ones I hunt a lot, I got I I got them on. But that's something not to, not to take lightly. Harness up, man. No deer is worth your life. We do some crazy nuts all stuff, but that's not worth your life. Not worth missing your kids and all that good stuff. But. For sure. I mean that that is one thing I I think about. Um, I do have one sketchy stand. It's it's kind of on a curry curry tree. And uh, get a lifeline yeah. in it. I, I didn't really, I didn't really think much about it, you know. Um, and then, you know, I've got Aiden. You know, he's he's year and a half year old, and I've got two ladder stands and two portables on, on my property. And you know, the two portables, I've got uh, a tree strap to hook up. You know, so I can you know put put my harness on, and then when I get in the stand, you know, I can just hook right up to it. But you know, obviously, that's the first thing I do when I get in the tree. But not, then on my two ladder stands, you know, my brother, uh, my older brother, he's he asked me this morning actually, and he's he said, "Hey, use use safety harness." And, I said, well, yeah, on my on my portable stands I do, but you know, ladder stands, ladder stands I don't. You obviously feel more comfortable climbing in one, but it can happen just as easy. I'm not I'm not quite sure of the circumstance of Terry's incident. Uh, I didn't watch the video. I did get a notification, but and and I saved it so I can watch it. But yeah, it, it can happen to anybody, and you know, I've got this curvy this curvy tree that a portable is in, and I got four stacking sticks and. This morning when my brother told me, you know, well, he when he asked me, he said, you know, if, if I wear a safety harness, and I said, well, yeah, you, you don't remember me coming up here yesterday afternoon, and I had 
the right shoulder on my right shoulder and the left shoulder on my left shoulder and he's he's giving me shit about it he's like you don't know what side your safety harness goes on i said hey man dude, that's just the way it come you know it's, you just want to be sure that you're putting it on right and when i'm at the base of that tree knowing that it's kind of curvy it's it's a little sketchy just for the normal guy me being a young 27 year old you know nothing can beat me but here we go i'm i'm bow hunting or gun hunting I, I was able to gun hunt it a couple times but mostly set it up for bow hunting got the rope you know the pull rope and the the bottom stick is is straight the second one is is being persuaded by the third stick to be straight and but then the third stick from the third to the fourth i mean you're straight up and it, it's good so you know after my brother made that comment i was i asked him i said well have you ever fallen out of a tree and he said yeah which i didn't know i was like well when when the hell did you do that and he told me he said well i said well i can't imagine you know falling out of a tree you know he said a, a strap broke i said yeah that, that would probably be the only reason that i see falling out of a tree i mean just just yeah. Looking at it from a third-person standpoint, you know, you're just looking at it. Well, yeah, a strap had to break or, you know, something, you know, because you're not you're not going to set up a tree stand, you know, and just prepare yourself to fail. So, obviously, a mechanical failure had to be involved. And that when I asked my brother, you know, he said, yeah, you know, that happened. And he said it was a two-year-old strap, and it just failed on him. So here I am with, you know, a three-year-old strap on my on my third stick, you know. So every time I go to that stand, I'm just like, I need to get a lifeline. Yeah. So, I mean, you can buy you can buy three of them for a hundred bucks, I believe. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just it, looked man. it up. It's the cost I, of your life. And they, they say most of the accidents happen while you're climbing the stand not while you're in the stand exactly i mean i wish they did put a little a little bit more info out you yeah. know when when they did put the statistics out for yeah. that um they don't you know whether you're climbing in or climbing out or if you're just sitting there uh they they just put it out and that'd be nice to know i you know how many accidents happen from climbing and how many accidents happen from you know a mechanical failure or something but it happens. What we're trying to say, you know, is wear your harnesses. Sometimes, especially when you got a lot of clothes on, you know, I'm not the smallest guy in the world, you know, but my leg, my leg straps are kind of tight in my harness, you know. So yeah, I got a lot of layers on. I mean, they get tight, kind of get uncomfortable, and uh, just wear it. You know, it's your life. You know, so that's what we're trying to get a lot. But while we're on the jury topic, I want to ask Ryan something about this. You know, they say. The summer roamers in December come back to their, some of them come back to their summer range for their winter range. Where I hinted in the podcast before about this huge buck that I had in velvet on in the summer. Well, November 26th, I finally got a hard horn picture of him. And he's busted some tines off, but he's still a 16 pointer. He's huge. He's in the middle of the daylight. Uh, he's 20 yards from one of my stands on a Sunday morning at 8.59 a.m. But it's a south wind. 
I cannot hunt that spot in a south wind. Right when I got the picture, in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I could have been that stand. So what do I do to make myself feel better? I'm like, weather underground. I got to go back. <laughs> I got to go back. I got to go back and see what the wind was. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and it said south. And I was like, oh, that's why I didn't hunt that stand, you know? Because I remember hunting that morning, but I was like, why didn't I hunt that stand? But I remember it was a south wind, and my property has no setups for south wind. It's just impossible to hunt. But he was cruising doe, cruising for does. He was three foot from a field edge that you can see from the road at 9 o'clock in the morning on the 26th. And we're talking a 180s class buck. You know? Definitely. I yeah. mean, big. Uh, and and he's got a lot broke off right now. He broke a split brow. He broke in a big inside kicker. Probably last five inches there, five inches off that split brow. And uh, they always juries say that they come back to their you know their winter range, but I've never really seen it until I got this pick. But I have not got a pick all year of them anywhere until the 26th I haven't got a pick since but I say what are you going on about five and a half months I mean it was four months four and a half months you know four months late four months so yeah I mean it's it's a long time he obviously rut somewhere else I think and maybe he was or maybe he just I never got a picture you know bucks and crews do you can never get a picture of them but I'm saying them them truck cams are only a, you know a yeah. hundred degrees out this, in front this one I got like I finally, like, I heard people talk about it all the time, about, like, putting them up real high and angle them down Angling, so yeah. the deer aren't, like, looking at them. And all the pictures I got, the deer had no clue that there's a camera there. So I think I actually took a stick in and 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 put it on the tree with the ratchet strap and then climbed up and hung the camera. So it's, like, angled way down. Like, um. And they, <laughs> they, they can't see it. So that's something I'm going to start doing more. But I moved my Moultrie mobile camera. Uh... I got a lot of pictures of small bucks and does with it where it was at, so I'm moving it. I have a really hard time on my lease figuring out where the bucks go late season. I just cannot figure them out. But uh, something I look forward to doing, and hopefully the cameras tell me something. But I think I think that's kind of a, a common problem. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I haven't got it figured out on my piece where, yeah, the, where the bucks go. I know. <laughs> If I did, I mean, yeah. we'd be, you know. I know where they're at early season. <laughs> I know where they're at during the rut. Late right? season, it's a crapshoot, you know. But I mean, I'd be Austin Chandler or Ross Bigger just mowing them down in yeah, December. I, know. I mean, they just, the, yeah. the past two years, they both of them just got it done. They're like, go go to food, hunt food, hunt food. I'm like, I'm hunting food. I'm man. on it. They're yeah. not there. <laughs> I don't know where they're at. But, but uh, my neighbor actually shot a buck today. Uh, about a 120 inch eight pointer shot it this morning and he called me and i went and checked it out and it's not a buck i had on camera but it's not very far from my piece neighboring property and looked like a three and a half year old to me but he's happy with it so i told him congrats and glad he got her done but awesome i mean you wouldn't have shot it with a bow no are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. In the moment, you wouldn't have shot it with a bow. Probably not. I passed a lot <laughs> of deer bigger than this year than that. But you that's wouldn't. the third buck they took off that property, so they got a good little piece right there. They have a awesome, it's old strip mine ground, and they got a place where two lakes cross, and they got like a 60-yard wide dam between the two lakes, and the deer just pinched down right there like crazy. But Do you want to hear what's awesome? What's that? This Keystone light. Is it? If you are a moonshine distributor, 
and you want this podcast off the charts, I will give you some hunting tips that are just off the chart if you sponsor us. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I would just be off the chain with yeah. the tips. If you haven't noticed, uh, Ryan drinks Keystone. And uh, that's about the cheapest beer you can get. Dude, that's all I can afford. <laughs> and I drink, I'm, I drink out of a glass on this podcast. I mean, I, I like, I like a cold glass with a good beer. I drink, I'm drinking craft beer, and that's what I like to do. But well, that's that welder money. <laughs> I, I don't have that welder money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, coming off that, we'll just, I just got some kind of. Almost the worst news you can get as a as a hunter on a, on a free piece, you know. So my my piece is what what Hunt Stand says is 264 acres, and you know almost over half of that is tillable, and it's kind of just divided up into three three pieces, you know, the west side, the middle, and the east side, and that's just kind of how we call it, and. Uh, we were down there for the second season here in Illinois and the landowner come up and he said, you know, next year guys, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, if I'm going to let everybody come out. He's got some, some issues going on and he said the, the land might be up for sale and that is just almost the worst thing that a guy could hear when he's got you know truck cameras yeah, he's got you, history you, you just started you just figuring that place out you know you just got serious into bow hunting you know last few years and you're just figuring them out you're getting some bucks you're in you're in the buck nest you know absolutely uh, and uh you're seeing shooters and and now i mean to get that news i mean it's happened to all of us. It's happened to me before too, and it's just devastating for hunter. But I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast can relate. You get in, you hunt a piece, and then it always seems like something happened. But me and Ryan are working class people. We can't afford to to buy a piece. You know, I mean, it's just not feasible, and especially a piece of that size. I mean, mm. there's no way that that we could ever do that. I mean hit the lotto maybe you know but <laughs> other than that we ain't got nothing but yeah and I, and I think most people you know that have gotten pieces taken out from underneath of them if money has come into play mm-hmm. you know they were they were doing it for free they knew the guy or you know their dad knew the guy or their buddies or whatever and then all of a sudden you know here come joe blow with two grand oh yeah two grand sounds pretty good you know and it just all of a sudden, you know, it's it's gone. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's, there's gates up, there's signs up. You know, no hunting. You know, and then of course you hear through the grapevine. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, he bought it. You know, he ain't letting nobody on there but him and him and Rick. Yeah. So I mean, that's how I got my piece. I got, I had a couple really good spots, and you were Joe Blow with all the money. No. no. <laughs> No, I had a couple good spots, and I ended up getting kicked off them. Uh, not because I did anything wrong, but because, you know, other people came in with more money than I had and, and got them. And man, that's, man, I had that's terrible. Places. I had some awesome bucks on camera. That's where my wife shot her buck off of. I had some really good memories out there. And But you keep grinding. You find another place out there. And uh, like I tell Ryan, we live in a really good area. 
There's big bucks all over Illinois. I don't care what those Iowa boys say. But <laughs> there's big bucks in Iowa too, but Illinois has got it going on. But I'm say, guys, if you're trying to locate us on a map where we're podcasting from, it's Knox County. Um, I've been hunting Henderson County, and Cody. I mean, you're you're mostly Knox County. I'm Knox County all the all, way. all the way, all the way. way. You're, you're just you're just embedded in Knox County. I'm just knocking down Pope and Youngs and Knox. If you want to know where Cody lives, it's Queen City. Queen City. Queen City. Don't go to the bar there. You'll never leave it because I've never left it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get out of that place for some reason. But. Man, man. yeah, dude, it's just terrible news. It's not terrible. I mean, yeah, it's terrible, but it's hard. It's hard to put in words. You know, this just happened right before we were podcasting too. You know, this is somebody who has been so generous for forever, and all he wanted was for us guys to take care of the place, pick up after ourselves, and you know, show appreciation, which. He, you know, said that we did today because he uh, he announced it to us in person, which was greatly appreciated on my part. You know, I mean, he said it might not be the same the same way next year. It's not a hundred percent, but then again, you know, you just look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it has had the same feeling, you know. So I mean, I went to the stand tonight, and it just I just had the wind kind of out of my sails. And I mean, Mark, I saw Mark Kenyon posted, you know, a couple of days ago or a day ago, and he said, you know, I feel like even though the gun seasons are over or half over, uh, you still got to go into it with a good attitude and this and that, and that's that's what I did, you know. I, I you know, even though I got that that news that that this might be my last gun hunt on this piece. I still went in there. I was like, dude, a 180 could still walk by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just that good, you yeah. know. But it's the one thing that's going to hurt is, you know, just running trail cams and having a history with with these deer and knowing knowing what these deer are going to do, when they're going to do it and Having to having to pull the cams and having crazy to pull when the you stands. get a relationship with a like a, a you know a single buck you know <laughs> oh, dude. It's... you know you just you just you just think about it you know you like what's you know what what is this buck doing where's he rutting at where where you know where's he bedding at it just wraps your mind up you know and that's one thing I it's kind of funny I I kind of had the a, a similar thing happen I was telling Ryan you know I've been been hunting pretty hard. And it's crazy because I got a buck down already, but I mean, I'm always striving for you know more and more and more, which might be a bad personal trait, but it's just who I am. I always want to do better than I've done before, and and I was kind of getting down, man. I I had all that shooting around my property, and I'm thinking, and I'm seeing pictures of just monsters getting killed, you know. I mean, monsters, you know, and and. Uh, and I was just like, man, this this is probably no bucks left, you know. <laughs> you know, and you hunt <laughs> it, that long, and it, you just see does. I mean, it can feel like that at times. You're just like, you're just man, like, did man, every buck out here every, just been slain? I mean, I've seen some small bucks, but I'm like, every decent buck for next year is gone. And then, then I I let a camera set for three weeks, and I pulled it, and I got three three runners up, runner ups, and one for sure shooter, and. uh 
it kind of like just puts wind in your sails right Re- away. Re- not yet. Yeah, you get that picture of that shooter. You're like, okay, that's what I'm out here for. That buck, you know, I got I got something to strive for. And before I'm sitting there like, I'm out here, you know, I'm just hoping something comes by. But now I got something to chase, you know. And, and that's something I think serious bow hunters have a problem with is when we get this deep into season, and you've you know you put 30 40 hunts in you're just i mean all all day sits and you're just grinding and you're not getting it done but i think that's what separates the the hardcore bow hunters and and the people that want to shoot a buck to put on social media to be cool or the people that really have a passion to kill big deer you know they i take it as a thing for myself it, it I want to do it because I want to outsmart a mature buck. You know, that's what I'm, I'm searching for. And when you do it, man, it's 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 awesome. And one thing I'm going to try to do is I, I heard on a, another podcast is when you do succeed and you are in that moment, slow down and absorb it. I really like that message. You know, when, you, when I shot that buck earlier, it was dark. And I was just thinking, I got to get this deer out of the woods. You know, it's late. I got guys out here come to help me, you know. But next time, I'm really going to slow down. I'm really going to absorb that moment because, you know, it might be five years before I shoot another knife bucks with a, with a bow. You never know, you know. So, I mean, just, just like you're saying right there, I was, I was thinking about if that moment happened tonight or the night before, like, I, I would be bawling my eyeballs out. Yeah, I know. I mean, dude, I mean, just so much work just paid off, and I I would not be able to sit in the stand. I mean, I don't care if, if he ran 100 yards or if he ran 10 yards, you know. I'm I'm going to the truck. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just you know, you're, you're freaked out, and then you get to a point to where you're just like, I'm unsafe to be in the stand because I'm shaking so damn bad. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta get down. When when I shot when I shot my shotgun deer, you know, <laughs> after it happened, I didn't know if I was if I was cold or if I was yeah. just pumped up. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Uh, because you know, just like I just like I've done for the last six seven years, just taking that week before shotgun on vacation. So I hunt every morning, every night, and then all of a sudden, when I shot my big deer that morning, it just decides to be. 22 degrees and i'm just frozen in the stand for some reason i don't know i don't know what the hell is different but i was just (laughs) i was froze i was like i'm not even gonna see 745 there's no way i'm seeing 745 i I gotta get down because my toes are smoked and then 730 here he come him and uh, apparently this other buck that mike shot because I never seen that. I never seen that other big deer. That other big eight point that you guys are gonna see. He's nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's just him. It's just the deer I shot. This super hot doe. Apparently, I mean, she might have been smoking, but she was. She was apparently super hot. Two giants right on her, with about three other deer behind them. They popped in the woods, and I mean, it was all over for for him, and then. The deer Mike shot, I never seen, so he he didn't even get close enough. But he had to be in the stream of yeah. deer. So that's man. what me and, me and Ryan we text us back and forth. I'll text it to him when I'm feeling <laughs> down. He'll text it to me, you know. And, and it's something we just say, 
you know, you you ain't seen deer, you ain't seen what you want to see, but we always say 30 seconds can change your season, you know, that's all it takes. Is you sit there 30 seconds longer and boom, there's a shooter, you know, and that's all it takes and putting the time in, but man, it's just, it gets hard, you know. On this podcast, we say a lot of stuff like stud or punk or monster or freak, so we kind of got like a a scale of when we say that what a deer might be you know and homie's gonna go over that just to give you guys a little insight exactly so cody i mean if if you don't agree with the scale i mean just no, just I, say so i like it i, like I mean it. so we're, we're saying a deer that's 190 inches and plus is just a monarch I mean, is that agreeable? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, that I mean, is that's, dude. That is a yeah. That's just once that's in a, a lifetime. You know. You know. I mean, it has just, to be one. I mean, there might be there's plenty never, of guys. Yeah, you may never see one. Normal guys on a fucking forty-two acre piece. Just that's all you got. Yeah. You know. I mean, you're just hanging your hat on. Well, yeah, I, I smoked Joe, yeah. Joey yeah. Joey ten years ago. How's, yeah. You know, I'm still I'm still pumped up about yeah. that. So, you know, that's that's 190 plus. It's just a monarch. And then you got what we're going to call, you know, 170 to 190. And that's just a monster. Yeah, that's just, I mean, a monster. Like, you get a pick of that. I mean, you're just like, dude, I got a monster. Yeah, like that bug I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't wait to show, you can't wait to show everybody you hunt with. Monster. Like, Look at this dude. Yeah. I mean, just. I got the, I got the trail cam pick and I'm like scrolling. <laughs> yo. Doe, six pointer, doe. It's doe, coming, monster. <laughs> I'm like, you get, you get that little. You're like, you're right? Like, you're right? in the stand, scrolling through your camp. You're, you're right, you pulled the chip, and you're like, oh yeah, now I got something to hunt for. I'm motivated. Let's go. Do you got the? Do you got the micro SD? Yeah, I got you just the SD you just reader. put it just put it right in your phone. No, no, I got I got a bone view. Oh, yeah. yeah, you plug in. There your he phone. is again with that welder money. I can't afford that. I got <laughs> it like fifteen bucks. <laughs> so explain the bone view because it's just like a you just plug it into your phone, like where you, the charger port is, and then it has a card reader on it, and you plug the card into the you, card. You reader. can just put the the whole card the right whole in. Card in, yeah. Is that a Android or iPhone strictly? There. There, you have to buy each one individually. So if you have an Android, you have to buy the Android one. Okay. If you have an iPhone, you have to buy the iPhone one. All right, all right. Yeah, it'll read micro or regular. Uh, they're like fifteen bucks, Bass Pro. I like it. It's cool. Some you got to read on it. Some brands won't work with some phones, but once you okay. figure it out, it works good. I pull the card. It's like going to my stand. I plug it in. I'm in the stand. I get a little motivation. Right. And right. then I put it in when I walk out, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't have. I don't have enough funds to buy thirty cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, the way I got mine set up is just kind of like Cody described. You know, I, I got a card in the camera, and then I got an old Android phone because I'm on this stupid iPhone, and I hate it because I don't have no media. So I got a stupid Android phone, but. It does allow me to put in a micro SD in the back. So when I buy an SD card for the trail cam, it's going to be with an adapter. And it's going to have an SD card, a micro SD. So that way when I go to the stand, I can pull the trail cam card and just plug it right into my old phone. And then I just let it sit, you know, let it load all the pictures. 
and then you know it, I'm getting all settled you know got my arrow knocked or my gun loaded or you know my book bag situated or the coat coat set up whatever whatever I gotta do but you know that that 10 minutes before before legal shooting time when I get into the stand you know what I'm doing I'm I'm checking them I'm checking them picks Heck yeah S- seeing seeing what happened last night seeing what happened yesterday morning what could happen this morning you know just we just, just gotta just trying to just trying to relate the the information we just kind of comment on Facebook uh Ryan Answu is that is that right I, I just butchered your last name but but uh he just killed a Ooh. monster. Oh, dude. Look at- that's a monster, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we said the monster's 170. One- yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's Dude, a that's monster. a giant. Yeah. It's got flyers everywhere. I I'd like to know where he... Will, Will Mars showed the pick. Yeah. But Ryan Ansu, good night. Yeah. He got it done. He got it done, man. Nice bug. Let, let us hear what state and county that's in right there. Yeah. I mean, at I least the state. If you don't want to give give away all the good stuff, I you don't know. have to. You don't have to let us know the county. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh What's the next name of a buck? Uh. So yeah. So I mean, one fifty to one seventies, a giant. Yeah. And then a one thirty to one fifty is just a shooter or a stud. I mean, if he if he's four and a half and he's any and he's one thirty, I th- I think you and I would both shoot him. Um, with with a bow, yeah. But I mean, like we've said before, you know, we're we're trying to get them four and a half year olds. Uh, you see that three and a half year old and Austin Chandler, he passed that three and a half year old at one hundred fifty inches. I mean, yeah, no. uh, man, what guts, yeah. what guts. Yeah. I mean, but I got, it, but it paid off. I got one to add to it. I uh, I like I like like the. The 120 to 110 inch buck that's just chasing does. You know, I, I like to call him a punk. You know, he's a wannabe punk out there. Hey, chasing does. That six point I seen this year. Yeah, he's a Dude, punk. He's yeah. a super punk. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put in super punk. Yeah, I got that from Chaney Walters. I, I like that guy. He he calls him punk. <laughs> he calls bigger deer than that called punk. But I think that 120, a three year old that thinks he's a stud out there. There you go. Does grunting. He's a punk. We'll dude. put three year old that think he's something. Yeah, <laughs> just just out there grunting just around, out grunting, <laughs> right? running around, <laughs> scraping trees. You know, he, he's a punk. You know, next year he's a shooter. But it's one of those that you pick your bow up. He's coming in. You're looking. You're like, ah, oh, nah, he ain't shooter, but he's close. You know, you know. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. I appreciate you guys for listening. We're kind of all over again in this podcast, but hey, that's how we fly. We do this because we have fun, and uh, uh, we don't have no sponsors, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping we were going to be more to the to the script here, but yeah, I like it. it I like it. Flying. Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I like flying. I like flying. No script. Ryan Ryan likes a little there script you go. going on, but hey. I, was, I do I do like a little script, but hey. Then VIPs fly straight, so yeah. we might as well fly straight, too. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Remember to plan your hunt and hunt your plan. Remember to always have fun. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. 
A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm the old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.